Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I just want to tell you a little story to set the stage for our conversation today. And actually, it inspired this conversation today. We've been doing a series with Dr. Marty K. Casey about racial relations and um, some big events that she was having and talking about healing and, and ungunning trauma, like disarming our trauma. It's been a brilliant series so far. And I was talking with Dr. Marty and reflecting on the incredible event that happened August 9th, which was called Black Sunday. And I I had already told her how brilliant she was. I appreciated her curating and hosting such an incredible, important event. But today, as I was talking to her, I was sharing how it's so important for her to really relish in what just happened on that Sunday, on Black Sunday, and to really just feel it and to hold it and to really cherish what she experienced as reinforcement from the universe. And what I meant when I said that to her was that it is clear that she is here to provide healing for so many on our planet. And that event brought together all the resources that needed. It was a 12-hour event. There were incredible, incredibly gifted people, incredible people that, that participated. So much happened. It was so good. I'm going to encourage you to go to Unity Earth and look for that video if you can find it from August 9th, 2020. It was an incredible day. And as I watched it unfold, it was clear that the universe has a plan that healing, both personal, cultural, and planetary healing, are an important piece of what's unfolding in these times. And Dr. Marty's leadership was essential. So I said to her, I see that. I see that. I see that. And I said to her, please hold that. Feel it. Be in that. That That is an affirmation that you're on the right path. This isn't about ego. This isn't about how you're more talented than anybody else. This is clearly that the universe gave her a purpose, a passion, a, a, a path, and she's following it. And everything aligned and fell into place with ease. It was gorgeous. But this isn't what inspired the conversation. Her response to me today inspired this conversation. Because when I was done, and Marty, I'm going to tell on you here, there were some tears. And a lot of silence as Marty let the tears flow and then composed herself to respond to me. And one of the first things she said to me was, thank you for seeing me, for really seeing me. 
and thank you for seeing my culture. And when she said, ooh, I got goosebumps right now again. When she said, thank you for seeing my culture, I never heard those peculiar words put together like that before. I got goosebumps. I got moved to tears myself. When she said, thank you for seeing my culture, it was like something shifted inside of me that said, this is important. This is an important message. How do we see one another's culture? And to be honest, it came a day or two after I had posted something of the very nature on Facebook, and I'm going to read that to you later. But as Black Lives Matter and the movement to heal and transcend systemic racism continues, we must turn our awareness toward healthy, radical diversity. We must see each other and see each other's culture. The invitation isn't to separate, change, judge, or transform a person or their culture. The call is to come into a healing response of love, acceptance, respect, and celebration for the beauty, the wisdom, and the life-enriching value in our differences. You've heard me talk about the codes for a healthy earth so many times on the show. And like the codes suggest, it's time to develop our understanding about the essential and vitalizing nature of human and ecological diversity. And this is a show for that. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I bring back Again, Dr. Marty K. Casey. She's the founder of the Ungun Institute and Black Sunday. She's an actor, artist, activist, and I'm proud to call her my sister, my friend. I love her and adore her, and I love and adore all of her work. So welcome back, Dr. Marty. Oh, my goodness, Dr. Julie, it is always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. And just to know that we were just in the same space for hours <laughs> on Sunday, um, you you just said it. You, you summed it all up. We are. We are sisters. We are friends. And we're on a mission. And together, we're going to arrive and, and get to the same place and have peace on earth. That is the, the purpose to everything that we're doing. So I'm excited to be here and excited about what we're going to talk about today, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I told that story on you, by the way. <laughs> That's just fine. <laughs> well, you know, I after after our conversation, um, I was sitting preparing for the show and I and I remembered just a few days ago on Facebook, I have a a Facebook group called Daily Dose of Soul Care. And I love to post inspiring pieces there paired with gorgeous art or imagery photos. And I just posted this and I took a quote. I usually take someone else's quote and then I expand on it and I create a lesson around it. And um, Dr. Marty, I didn't even share this with you, but the, the quote the other day, which might have been on Sunday, which is kind of peculiar. I said, the quote was from Peter Joseph that said, until we begin to see each other as ourselves, nothing will change. Wow. 
And I changed the quote. I know that's a great quote. And I expanded on it like, yeah, we've got to see each other as ourselves. We've got to see ourselves as part of one planetary body, one body of Christ, however we want to look at it. But then I shortened and I challenged the readers to shift it and shorten it. And what I put was when we begin to really see each other, everything will change. So instead of saying, until we begin to see each other as ourselves, nothing will change. Then I said, and when we begin to really see each other, everything will change. And then you just happened to say to me today in tears, you really saw me, sister. You really saw me. Yeah. And so I love that you put this in terms of the cultural, but I'm curious if you could just, let's start with, what does it feel like to really be seen? Then we'll move into to be seen in your culture, to really see your culture. But what does it mean to you, Dr. Marty, to really be seen? To be seen means that you recognize that I am there to activate my purpose. What is the purpose that we have in this very moment to be on um, the line together? The listeners right now, they're choosing to see us, even though they're listening, (laughs) but they're choosing to hear us which means that they see us, they're identifying, they're, they're answering a call to, to our purpose of being here in this moment. When we choose not to see a person, it's almost as if we are intentionally or unintentionally changing what is meant to happen in that moment. And we don't have the right to do that. We have the right to be there and we come with purpose. So when you see me, you're recognizing that I am, I'm here to add, not take away. And I give you that same respect. When I see you, Dr. Julie, you're here to add, not take away. A lot of times people choose not to recognize or see another person because they are in fear. It's something that's going to be taken from them. Yeah. I want us to flip it in our minds. And I want us to, to understand that people come to give something to that moment. Not take anything away. How we frame it is how we will start to show up in each other's spaces and in our lives. You inviting me on your platform week after week. It tells me you see me. You know I have purpose. I come to give something to your listeners, not take away. That's a powerful perspective. And when I hear you say that, Dr. Marty, I'm feeling this um, contentment that when we can really see one another, there's no threat, there's no fear, there's no jealousy, there's no anxiety. Like I'm thinking about all, yeah. all of those ways that we separate ourselves from others 
out of those responses. And when, when you say that, it's like um, we can each sit in our wholeness and mm-hmm. radiate in our beauty and succeed in our purpose with our innate abilities and gifts. Like we get to be whole. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But we, you know, we are emotional beings. You and I, you know, we talk about this all the time. That's how we do the work that we do to help people to heal. So we're always tapping into emotions. That fear, it sits, it, 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 it sits in a place of, oh, I need to make something disappear in order for me to feel better or to feel safe. It's like someone that may have a fear of spiders or a fear of, 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 of a bumblebee or something like that. What is the first thing we do? Oh, my gosh, it's a spider. Kill it. Get rid of it. I'm scared of spiders. Someone come and get it. Right? Because yeah. that's our immediate human nature response to something we're unfamiliar with something we have not built a bond with something we believe looks a certain way, moves a certain way, causes us to have that interfere. And the only way we can feel better is if it is being removed. I can no longer see it. Don't want to see it. Mm. But what I am inviting and challenging everyone to do now is to reset your mind, frame it differently. That spider that showed up to do something has a purpose in that moment. So rather than to kill it, catch it and release it so that it can still be a spider wherever it needs to be a spider. Maybe you don't want it to be a spider in your home. I get that. But release it to still be able to have its purpose. Hmm. And that is what we need to do. It's simple. It sounds, it may sound real strange and primary, but it is, it's that those simple thoughts is what will help us get back to the basics of how to love and accept one another. So when I said to you, thank you for seeing me and thank you for seeing my culture, because you have allowed Dr. Marty to be seen but more so, Dr. Marty has never changed who she was in coming onto this space to be seen. And over the last three weeks, I've, I've, I've spoke some things from my heart that may have been, even been hard for some of your listeners to hear. When I go back into my story of my past and, and how I've come to be who I am today, sometimes when people can't relate to that walk or that story, it's like, oh, that was, oh, gosh, goodness, that's the kind of person she was. But you accepted my culture, which means you accept my, 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 my social group of where I come from. I come from a place where the struggle is real. Yet you yeah. still accepted me. You still, you see that. And, and that is, that is really the place where we start to make the connection. Cause that's the disconnect when um, someone, they may not line up socially. And so it's like, well, I don't, I don't know if we have anything in common. 
where we can really be friends. I, I push past the fact that she's black or she's white or she's Asian or she's Hispanic. I push past that because she's a very nice person, but I don't know if we have anything in common. And that's where the culture comes in. And so you seeing all of that, Dr. Julie, is, is what has allowed this type of work to be done. And even for Black Sunday to exist on this past Sunday, we, I, I brought everyone to the table that culturally, they didn't necessarily match up. Racially, they didn't necessarily match up. But emotionally, they did. Because hurt and pain has no color. Hurt and pain has no social status. There's no culture attached to it. Healing has no color. Yeah, I like that. And the the example that you used then... Dr. Marty, I think is an important piece because, um, and even subconsciously, we you probably pulled this example out. But when you talk about a spider or a bee, and you know something that we're afraid of, we want to kill it. We want it gone. We want to make it smaller. We want to contain it. We want to control it because we're afraid. And look what we've done with culture and race. We're afraid of what we don't know. And you mm-hmm. know, so. Culture is not just skin color, right? It's it's how we're raised and educated, what we read, sing, and and how we play, how we pray, why we pray. It's it's our values, it's our beliefs. Culture is like this environmental soup that we stew in, mm-hmm. and so when we're imagining, when we're in the illusion of separation. We don't know who that person is and we don't understand their culture. So therefore, we fear it and Mm -hmm. then we villainize it. We've done all kinds of things with the black culture. So I I think this is an important piece. And I want to start with the individual and look at our healing, but not our healing as in physical healing or emotional or mental or spiritual healing or relational or financial healing, I want you to address for a moment cultural healing. For those who haven't embraced their culture, we're going to have a, we're going to have a conversation today about being proud and about claiming our culture and about standing in our culture, about representing our culture. But there are those out there that have been discriminated against and judged and abused and mistreated. And that journey to cultural healing is not easy. What would you say to those listening today when I ask you, how do we move into our own cultural healing? Not healing the culture, but our cultural healing. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's that's great, and the, and that is the that's that's interesting. Not healing the culture, right? Right. About healing ourselves with our own culture that we're raised in, with our own culture that we come from. How do you stand proud as a black woman and say, "I love being black. I love being a black woman." You are really good at that. What's that journey? <laughs> wow, that's. That, that's a really loaded question. Um, I'm going to say this. 
not easy. It's not easy to hold on to a culture who's not winning. Mm. It's not easy to hold on to a culture that we've been robbed of our history. We have struggled, not just as society sees us, but even the struggle for most of us or some of us have even been very personal in our own homes and the families we were born into who were born into the struggle, who was born into the struggle. It's, it's been a, a, a domino effect. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. So when I see a black person, not so much that they have made it to the, the, um, to the, you know, made it to a place where one can judge and go, oh, wow, he or she is successful because they have this job or they, uh, they're the first black to do that or they're the only one who is doing that. That's not really what I consider to be success. What I consider, what I consider to be success is in spite of the levels one can try to measure you by, that you own unapologetically show up in your culture and you know who you are and you stand strong to that no matter what. Because being able to be proud of being black, it's not something that you wear on the outside. That comes from the inner spirit of who you are. That's a strong, successful person to me. My great-grandfather had a second-grade education, and he married my great-grandmother born in 1910 who had an eighth-grade education. And still to this day, I don't know anyone in my family that has been more successful than those two Mm. because they honored being Black. They honored being in love, and they honored being able to provide for their family and put in self-values and family values that have lasted us a lifetime. My great-grandmother passed away in 2003. That's not that long ago. So five generations down, she's seen, and I've watched everything that she established in us. It continues to trickle down in my family. That's a successful, strong black woman who did that. So when I look at our culture and someone being able to say, I'm proud to be black, not saying I'm better than someone else that isn't black. It's not saying that I, I, I have a problem with, with someone else that isn't black or can't identify with our culture. It's simply saying I have survived. Yeah. I've survived. I've made it. And this is how I did it. So what I love, Dr. Julie, with you and I and our newly developed friendship, 
we can see our differences, but we don't get stuck on what makes us different. We connect on the things we can, we can find that it are the same. We both have, are passionate about healing other people, helping them to find that space in their mind, body, and spirit that will allow them to be free so that they can fly and be their best self at any given time. That's what you, you and I can, we spend hours talking and we have to make ourselves get off the phone. Like, okay, yeah. Cause we're going to show back up again. Let's, let's go ahead and <laughs> start now. Right. Exactly. And I, and I have black friends and my, and my, and pe- black people in my family that I don't spend that kind of converse, have that deep rooted kind of conversation with because connections aren't just on the things that are the same. Those connections sometimes come from people that are different, but you find your common, your common ground. Yeah. And so that, yeah, so that's what, that's what that's about. So you're, so you, you asked, I I, I probably have gotten all off with the (laughs) answering the question, but I, I just have to say to you, that success for any culture, it's not in the man-made levels of what kind of car do you drive or, do you know, six figures and above or, or, you know, where do you live? What high school did you go to? You know, who's your family? Do you come from a dynasty? It, it, none of that. Yeah. None of that do success to me. If you can, if you can be successful and you love yourself and you, you can give back even when you don't have much to give and you can love others in spite of how they treat you. Now you, you're successful. I love that. And I, we need to take a break, but the, the piece that I want to just have us carry into that break and, and come back to is um, hearing your voice in this moment responding is significantly, um, how do I want to say this? I'm just going to rephrase, reset the button and rephrase. You are not stuck in victimhood. You are not saying, because I'm of this culture or this race, poor me, I'm treated like this. You are bringing through something really important, and it is a significant part of our cultural healing when we're doing this individual work. So I want to bring that back again, that victim piece, but we do need to take a quick break. When we come back, so much more with the amazing Marty K. Casey. We'll be right back. listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. 
This is a guided meditation on parenting. Begin by finding a comfortable, relaxed position. Let out whatever stress is in your body. It could be from the time you left your daughter's blouse in the dryer too long and it shrunk four sizes. Or when you donated her private diary to the public library. Or when you thought chaperoning the school dance meant actually dancing in the school dance. Whatever it is, let it go. The fire you started with that experimental dinner, let it go. The time you drove away from the gas pump with the gas pump, let it go. Three, very relaxed. Two, there you go. One. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Wildfires burn millions of acres each year. And each year, wildland firefighters like Fire Chief James Hall battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel more than a mile. It can ignite and destroy your home, your community, or more. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. But you can do something firefighters can't. You can act now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. You can reduce the risk. Do your part. Go to fireadaptive.org. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious courageous and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There's lots of different ways you can do that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com or goodofthewhole.org or even goodofthewhole.com. So, my guest today is Dr. Marty K. Casey. You can find out more about her work at unguninstitute.com. Is that correct, Marty? That is correct. <laughs> okay. Unguninstitute.com. Right before the break, your your brilliance always, you give me goosebumps, you, you move me every time you, you speak. And one of the pieces that I was sensing, you know, you had just spoken that with that emotion, that what we fear when we're anxious, we fear, you went there, but you don't have anger in your voice and you're not a victim you don't have the anger of how dare you treat us like that or the pushback you don't have this big pushback of trying to make somebody else feel smaller you don't have the victim poor me so i just would love to hear you address sorry to 
to bring this back through, Dr. Marty, but there's no anger and there's no victimhood there. And this is a really healthy place to be. What do we do with the, the anger and the, the victimhood? Well, for me, Julie, been there, done that. <laughs> okay, good start. Uh, and, you know, and if you go back to, you know, the, remember our, our very first conversation when I had to give a little bit about my background, that's, you know, where it all began for me. So once I was able to ungun and learn how to um, remove those trauma bullets that carried the anger, not gunpowder, but it carried anger. And it, and, and it carried revenge and it carried all of those negative things that hold us back. Once I removed those trauma bullets, now I'm just to my natural, um, you know, shell myself of my, my body of who, you know, God allowed me to be born to be. I can just naturally be me. And um, so there's anger really, it, it doesn't get me anywhere. It, it, it doesn't serve me any purpose. And honestly, as I, if I was to fire off anger right now towards someone, because I'm human, so I, I can I go there? Yes. But if I fire that off, you know who's going to feel it before it even lands on someone else? I feel it in my body first. So the very things that I'm doing to hurt someone else, the weapons I'm using, and can you imagine if you, you, you know, um, well, I'll just say this the weapons that we're using, it is, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So I'm yeah. cutting myself deeply as I'm trying to cut someone else. Yeah. And I can't afford to cut myself. I, I'm healing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to say that I am completely healed, but I still have scars. And I don't want those scars to be opened back up again. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that type of damage to myself, to my soul for me to, to, you I don't know if you, you know, growing up, uh, this part of our culture, I suppose, but <laughs> growing up in a black family, one of the things when right, right before your grandmother gives you a whooping, she says, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I never understood that statement. I couldn't possibly see how that could happen, but what it is, it hurt her emotionally, mm-hmm. even though she knew that. Physically, in her mind, she felt that type of discipline was what we needed in that moment. But it was going to hurt her emotionally to even have to swing a stick or a belt or whatever she chose at that time. Yeah. Okay. And so it's the same thing. If you think about hurt like that, I am hurting myself deep down inside, even as I'm trying to lash out at you to protect myself. So if that's the case, then why don't I love myself enough to just love on you in spite of how you cho- uh, choosing to show up to treat me in that moment? And I, I use it almost like a game now. It's like a game that I've been winning at. No one else has been able to beat me at my own game, Dr. Julie, because it's like, oh, she just did that to me. I bet you she expects I'm about to send her a nasty email or I'm going to, you know, say something all out of pocket. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give her a compliment. (laughs) And it throws people off. They don't even know how to come back from it because when they threw out that anger, they expect you to throw anger back. 
I caught your anger and I threw back love. And I raised you more love. You want to mm-hmm. match that? Let's see who's going to win. Who's going to outlove each other? Because that's what I'm putting on the game table. Nice. Nice. Okay, so I just, I'm, I'm remembering our very first conversation. And, and there is so much more to your history than you even got to share there. What you have overcome has been incredible. And I, I want to go back to something you said to me, because when, when we're talking about see my culture, really see my culture, I, I remember saying something to you that first day, but my, my very first childhood friend was black. And as a, a five-year-old, four-year-old, I, I didn't see color. And, and I remember us talking about not seeing color and seeing color and doing this. Do we not label or do we label? And, you know, there are those that will say it's time to not see color. We're all of the human family. And yet when you say, thank you for seeing my culture, you're being acknowledged as a black woman. So what do we say to those white people out there about seeing color and acknowledging color versus the labeling and the, the, the judgment and what have you. How do we make sense out of that, Dr. Marty? What's the right response for us to come into that proud place and love on one another? Wow. I need you to see me. If you have a beautiful bouquet of flowers right now, and it's made up of roses and daisies and I don't know, uh, um, birds of paradise or what have you, you know, all these beautiful flowers coming together in a bouquet. How, how dare you to look at that bouquet and you don't see the color. Yeah. You don't see the beauty. You don't see the difference and how this, all of it has come together and bundled up together and being presented to you in such a way. How could you not notice? Oh my, the first thing you're going to say, Oh my God, these are beautiful. What makes it beautiful? All of the colors. So vibrant. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. Why can't we see each other like that every day as we walk down the street? Why can't we notice? Oh, my God, look at that beautiful black couple sitting over there eating, eating lunch. Oh, my goodness. Look at that that striking, uh, gorgeous white man walking by. Oh, did you know? No. Look to the right of you. Do you see this this uh, this beautiful, vibrant uh, Hispanic lady walking down the street? She must be a model. Why can't we see each other like a beautiful bouquet? Which rather also than leads to live in fear, you know, rather and own who you are, own it. See, because if I if if, if I see you as um, and I can see you as a beautiful white uh, man and a beautiful black couple, but yet you're showing up as something different because you're not owning who you are. You're not. You're 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 not. Um, embracing your culture because you've gotten lost in society that tells you to run yourself through a blender and be more like the other people around you. Yeah, I can no longer see you now. Now that's when I don't see you because I don't, I don't recognize you. (laughs) 
I love that. I love the bouquet of flowers piece. And what you're saying goes to the the line that I dropped in in the intro, which is really about us understanding the essential and vitalizing nature of human diversity. It's essential mm-hmm. and vitalizing. You have a beautiful piece and, and you're an actress. I'm going to remind everybody you're a creative, you're an actress. You shared a beautiful piece with me on black plus white is gray or black and white makes gray. Would you share that with our listeners? Please, 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 please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it, Dr. Julie, because you're asking me to, and I love you. However, I I do want to say this uh, because this piece is, it's deep. So I, I hope that your listeners are able to receive it and understand it from the place that it was given to me in my heart. This piece actually was written over 15 years ago. And I keep adjusting it here and there. I need to probably update it and bring it to where it is in 2020 right now. But the bottom line is this. I I created this because I was robbed by a black man. And I was hurt. It wasn't so much about what he took and how he took it, all of that. Those are just details. But I, but, but the, the, the trauma, that trauma bullet that hit me, that trauma bullet left me feeling so disappointed in how could he do this to his own, your own culture, your own black sister. How could you do this? And not that I am promoting him to uh, to have robbed anyone. I, how could he do it at all? But 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 the fact that he did it to me, it really made me think. Uh, wow, when did we ever love each other, respect each other enough that we would we would help the next person that is a part of our culture and not hurt them? We hear a lot now about black on black crime. Crime is crime. Crime is crime. So when are we going to get to a place? But when I thought about that from a, from a black perspective, I said, wow, I was, I was born in 1971. So I can only really bring it from that frame. And this is what I came up with. Black and white makes gray. In the seventies, I proudly carried your child in your Afro pick with the fist just to represent. We were one of a kind. I knew we would be together forever. We marched in the streets, never missing a beat as we protested our rights, carrying picket signs. See, that's when we was together. I can even remember that soulful feeling we felt when Al Green belted out the Black Folk Anthem. Love and happiness. Yeah, see, that's when music was on eight tracks and smiling was free. And compliments came a dime a dozen. Nothing could beat that hot summer loving at night when your man held you tight, not ever wanting to let you go. And who could forget those visits from your favorite cousin on your mama's side? See, back then when we was proud to say them my folks because we looked alike. Oh, shoot. I remember standing there with big wide grins showing all our fairly white (laughs) wearing colors brighter than our skin. Yeah, that was then the 70s. Then came the 80s, where times began to change. See, folks breaking up and more storms were raging in our homes, schools, and even on our jobs. What's going on, said Marvin Gaye, because even he was shot and killed by his own pops. Dang, 
that should have been a wake-up call for all. But eventually, we went back to sleep. See, instead of making things better, we began to repeat our mistakes and negativity. Talking about our neighbors like, how's she going to raise those kids by herself when she just got a divorce last year and now she's sleeping with someone else? Too soon to explain who was to blame, but no doubt about it, something had changed. Because more and more, we were growing apart from each other. I looked up one day, and you was with that lighter skin. Ain't my friend don't give a dang on about our black men, white woman. <laughs> but I wasn't mad at her. To be quite honest, I didn't care. The only thing on my mind at the time was trying to raise our kids without the help of welfare. How they going to turn out right? When you're gone and now not enough money coming into the home, nothing was the same anymore. Even the music started to change. Now, I'm not blaming rap, but when it hit the scene, it blew up and we began to self-destruct and exploit our bodies as human beings. Videos on every station. Sex was no longer a figure of the imagination because the whole nation joined along in their living room, singing and dancing to every tune of music that supported me leaving you. Let's stay together. <laughs> yeah, right. Al Green couldn't even buy a hit at that time because too much reality had set in. Everybody was cheating, not believing and walking out on their responsibilities. More churches on the corners next door to liquor stores. You know, the only thing that was growing in our neighborhoods was alcoholics and young girls having babies before ever even seeing college. The 80s was crazy. Then in with the 90s. I mean, it was really getting obvious. Because, see, we're definitely on the rise, my brother. I mean, being recognized on TV and now being paid like the other guys, I'm talking major league money, honey. Well, we're moving on up, only to fall back down. Because towards each other, you're still messing around like I don't need you. And you don't need me. Do you understand the only thing that's keeping us together for real is society because they don't really want to see us with theirs? Too late. Because their babies and grew up watching the same things on TV, MTV to BET, and now they want to be just like you and me. From their clothes to the music they play, and their parents hate it. Curiosity is now greater than any statement that they can ever make in the privacy of their own homes. But that's not all that's going on, because half of you are doing time trying to survive the streets as a man, playing the game with rules that give you no chance to win. And even if you make it out, the years you done spent behind bars will eventually bring you back down, keeping you insecure and unsure on what to do with your life. And the other half of my brothers now walking around talking about they don't even want a wife. I mean, we getting played. First, it was alcohol, divorce, jail, and now AIDS. Yeah, well, those were the good old days. Now that's behind us. Let me introduce to you the future, the new millennium, basically the new computer. See, because technology has gotten so advanced, everybody's got cell phones, new cars, and plans to succeed by any means, even if it means stepping on somebody else's dreams. We're living out of control. Power-hungry individuals, a nation wearing many faces, lies deception and disrespect. Still no trace of who is wrong, placing blame on each other and killing each other is to be expected. Even with the knowledge of deadly diseases like COVID-19, huh, we still have sex unprotected. No self-control or birth control. Where do we go wrong, my brother? I'm still your sister. 
your 70 sister. Do you remember me, the one with the cornrows? Maybe that's what we need our old ways, just like it was back in the day. Afros instead of fades. Marriage instead of dating. Baby planning instead of baby daddies. Compliments instead of complaints. God's message instead of text messaging all day. Back to loving each other just like we did back in the day. Back to being just plain old black. Black and white makes gray. Mm, I want everyone to breathe into that. And let that soak in. It's hard to bring words after that, but I don't want to leave silence on either. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Marty, that piece is, you know, it's like the good, bad, and ugly of the culture, but it's about really coming into that ownership again and being proud of who we really are in the beginning. It's so profound and I love like when you you mentioned to our listeners to really listen to that because sometimes it is hard to hear that you know yeah Some, sometimes it it's is. hard it is yeah. I had to do, I was that piece was burst out of a place of reference of trying to find out when did we begin to self-hate our own culture. When did that happen? So mm. that's where that piece, it's not about uh, white people. It is not about black people marrying white people, having babies by white people. It's not about us going to the same schools, living in the same neighborhoods. It's not about any of that. It's only about those things if we have lost sight of who we are in the process of that. Yeah. Be who you are. Love who you want to love. Show up how you want to show up, but just don't lose sight of who you are. Because I cannot be mean if I'm mixing in with you and you are not being you and you're mixing in with me and then we become something different. But I want to be Julie's black friend and I want Julie to be Marty's white friend. I don't want Marty and Julie to be great people. I want us to be who we are. And really that goes for everything, Marty. It goes for really who we are beyond our race, our skin color, our culture. It goes to how we see the world, how we treat one another, what our gifts, what our abilities, what our, what's our purpose, what's our passion, what are our talents. It goes to everything and says, be who you are. Be who you are. And, 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 the, and the thing is, be proud of who you are. Oh, my gosh. I, someone just found me on Ancestry.com. I have someone that's actually doing that for me. And so when, they, when my cousin contacted me, the lady that's doing mine, she called and she says, Marty, some your cousin is trying to reach you. And when I, and so the bottom line is I called the young lady and this was on my father's side. And I don't know a lot about my father's uh, history, my father's people, but she was able to send me information that shows that my father's great, great grandfather was not a slave. He was not a slave. He was a free man. So for me to have that information, it allowed me to stand tall with my short self, but stand tall and roll my shoulders back, hold my head up and be proud 
because I come from that. But if I don't know where I come from, how in the heck will I know where I'm going? Yeah. That's why we appear to be lost sometimes. We don't even know where we come from. So we don't know where we're going. And even when we make a few steps and, and, and someone tells us the steps we took was wrong and they send us back to where we just stepped from, we feel like we can't do anything right. We feel like we're not enough. The world has beat up on the black culture. So no, we're not victims. We are victorious, but I have to connect them to understanding. Yeah. It first starts with honoring who you are. If I go and knock on your door right now and you go, who is it? I should be able to say with honor, it's Dr. Marty K. Casey. I say that with strength and, and with honor simply because that's who I am. I own that. It's a powerful message. It's an essential message. It's the message of our time, that world unity. And we only have two minutes left here. But our world unity, world peace, you mentioned it earlier in the show, we will not attain that without us fully embracing who we are as we are in this beautiful, essential diversity of creation and step proudly. And I, I love it. it. It's so important, Dr. Marty. You, um, you just nailed it. You just, just nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Dr. Julie, for seeing me and seeing my culture. Mm. So in one minute until I need to wrap this with my words, I just want to also acknowledge you and thank you for seeing me and my culture. Even though we haven't spent very much time at all, talking about my culture or understanding my culture there's a lot of a, a lot of times we make assumptions about people's culture just by the color of their skin and so i know you don't do that you see me and you know i grew up in an adverse childhood i i i suffered had my own trauma had my own healing journey you know that about me and there's so much that um about our lives that mirror each other. It's just beautiful. So again, Dr. Marty Kay, thank you for joining me here today. And I look forward to many more of our beautiful conversations. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it has been a pleasure and an honor. And I thank you again. And I just want to say thank you to your listeners by, you know, embracing that peace, embracing a piece of my trauma, embracing a, pre a piece of my hurt that I had to get past. So I had to go deep in my mind and my spirit, put those words to paper. So I pray that as they listen, that you don't judge, but you understand. Yeah. See it from perspective. See it from the narrative in which I have written that. Don't add anything to it. And please don't take anything away. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to leave you listeners with the words, and I'm not going to disrespect this person because I cannot say it. So I'm going to spell the first name, A-B-H-I-J-I-T, NASCAR, N-A-S-K-A-R. And 
the words are harmony, doesn't come merely through tolerance. You don't need to tolerate people from other cultural backgrounds. It is time you start loving them. Toleration may make you a decent person, but it is love that makes you a true human being. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. Bye for now.